Welcome to the Joey Mitchell Podcast, celebrity interviews. Joey's been broadcasting his radio show throughout California for over 51 years and has interviewed hundreds of celebrities. Most of these interviews have only aired once. Now, he's decided to share them once again. Every week, a new celebrity with a behind-the-scenes peek into what happened before and after the interview. So sit back. Relax and get set to travel back in time. Here's Joey. Hey, thanks, Todd. And welcome back to another edition of Celebrity Interviews with me, Joey Mitchell. Today, we take a look at country music singer Michael Martin Murphy. Michael was born March 14, 1945 here in the States. He is an American singer-songwriter best known for writing and performing Western music, country music, and popular music, too. He's a multi-Grammy nominee. Michael's had six gold albums, including Cowboy Songs, the first album of cowboy music to achieve gold status since Gunfighter Ballads and Trail Songs by Marty Robbins in 59. He's recorded the hit singles Wildfire, Carolina in the Pines, What's Forever For, A Long Line of Love, What She Wants, Don't Count the Rainy Days, and Maybe This Time. Michael's even the author of New Mexico's state ballad, The Land of Enchantment. Despite his impressive critical and commercial success that he achieved throughout the 80s, Michael's authentic creativity began to gravitate towards the Western music that appealed to him as a child coming of age in Texas. As early as 1985, Michael performed with the New Mexico Symphony in a show called A Night in the American West. Now, those Western shows and the songs he was writing and recording at the time created a major change in Michael Martin Murphy's career. And it all started with the first song he ever wrote, Geronimo's Cadillac. Of course, Geronimo's Cadillac really put you on the map. And there's a big story behind that a lot of people don't know. I was looking at a photograph of Geronimo sitting in a Cadillac. I've always been really interested in Western history and also real active in Native American rights issues. And I was looking at this picture and it really struck me that Geronimo was sitting in this Cadillac, but he actually he was in leg irons. He was in prison at the time, and they had put him in this car, given him leg irons uh, so he wouldn't escape, and dressed him in a top hat and tails to try to make it look like he'd been sort of turned into a white man. But when he sat in this Cadillac with his outfit on, he looked so proud. He even made what was a potentially denigrating situation a powerful situation for him, and that's what inspired me to write the song Geronimo's Cadillac. Well, that was a major hit for you, put you on the charts, and then Wildfire came in the mid-70s. Mm-hmm. And yet in the 70s, you're hanging around with guys like Dan Fogelberg and John Denver and Jimmy Buffett, and you tell them that you don't think there's going to be any more room for acoustic singers and songwriters. Well, not in the pop field. I felt like with the punk rock coming in at the time and then a lot of influence of heavy metal, and I'm not putting down this, these kinds of music because uh-huh. I think almost any form of music can be used for a good purpose. It's not all about gangs. At the same time, back in the 60s and 70s, there were a lot of singer-songwriters like James Taylor, John Denver, myself, uh, Dan Fogelberg, Jimmy Buffett, people who concentrate more on the song than on the groove, more on the story of the song than the production. And I felt like at a certain point, that was about to be completely squeezed out of pop music. And it was. It was squeezed out for quite a few years. We're just now seeing a return back to it by way of the MTV show called Unplugged. How would you best describe yourself, Michael? I've come more from the singer-songwriter era, and I still feel like that that's something that's making a comeback now. Anybody that uh, wants to really understand where I come from as an artist just needs to listen to Lyle Lovett's new album. I have a song on there along with about 10 other Texas songwriters. 
that all grew up in the same place in the same time. And our whole idea was the song for the song's sake. The song for this, what the song says. I just played in New York. It was a packed house with Lyle and uh, New Yorkers hanging on every word of the song. They weren't going to Studio 54, let's yeah. put it that way. That's so wonderful. it's definitely coming back. But it did get squeezed out at one point, and I felt like country music was a better place for me. And uh, I'm just lucky that I squeezed it under the wire when I did. You begged your recording label to let me do it. Cowboy songs. You always felt you had cowboy songs inside you, and you went to Roy Rogers, the master, and asked his advice, huh? I've been dealing with the West in my music from the very beginning. The first song, as I said, Geronimo's Cadillac, right on through. The theme's been the West because that's my backyard. That's where I live. Mm-hmm. I never lived in Nashville, not in any, any time in my whole career. So I was dealing with a different region of the country, trying to universalize that. When I decided literally go all the way back to my roots and start doing albums occasionally, I'm up to my fourth album now of, of just pure cowboy music, I had to go to the King of the Cowboys for advice. And uh, he was really helpful. He's a very savvy gentleman. I really miss him. Every time I went to see him, he told me something else great. But I can just share one thing with you that he said that I'll never forget. He said, if you're going to be a singing cowboy, don't ever do anything that would steer a child down the wrong path. Wow. Don't ever do anything in public that's going to influence a kid to do the wrong thing uh, or to try something that he may not have the discrimination to understand. And Gene Autry was the same way. The, the two men were different. Gene Autry did drink. He did smoke. Roy Rogers wouldn't dream of doing that publicly or privately, but Gene would never do it in public. Amazing men. And then again, so are you. Michael, you're going to be in town pretty soon, Grass Valley to be exact, on the 19th of November. That's right. I guess it's probably we're up to our fourth or fifth Cowboy Christmas Ball. With special guests, the Comstock Cowboys. For two years, this thing is sold out. Now, it's for the Be Like Me, I'm Drug Free program, right? Yeah, and I'm, I'm very inspired by what these people do. A lot, of, a lot of our Cowboy Christmas tour, the proceeds and the profits after expenses go to a cause like this, because at Christmas time, people start to think about charity and they start thinking about trying to help other people something that i'd like to see last the rest of the year but hey if it can't at least this time of year let's do it michael the best of luck you sound like a sincere genuine real person and i can understand why the lakota sioux medicine man guy Dullknife, adopted you as his son thank you well then i'll say goodbye with a lakota phrase then i'll say lena washte very good lena washte <laughs> that's all for today's episode of celebrity interviews with joey mitchell Join us again next week for another well-known celebrity that most likely only aired once on Joey's show until now. Now you can subscribe to the podcast at patreon.com slash Joey Mitchell podcast. Patreon.com slash Joey Mitchell podcast. And you'll never miss an episode or extras only available to subscribers. Please visit and like Joey Mitchell's podcast on Facebook and tell us what you think. Thanks for listening.